hello and welcome to Teacher Talks. I am your host, Katherine Miller, founder of Teacher to Teacher Wellness, an online community devoted to the well-being of teachers everywhere. Together, we focus on the physical health, mental health, and financial health in order to cultivate a life full of purpose, keeping you fed and fulfilled day after day, year after year. Thank you for joining us today. I am so excited that you found us. Welcome to Teacher Talks. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Teacher Talks. I am your host, Katherine Miller, founder of Teacher to Teacher Wellness. I'm an integrative nutrition health coach as well as a 14-year veteran teacher. And this week and for the month of September, we are talking about what to eat for energy and immunity in the classroom. And if you've been following the series this month, then you know that we started with breakfast. And last week we talked about snacks and lunch. And this week we are going to be talking about what to eat for dinner. Um, it may look a little bit different than what you think. And I would love to know your thoughts on this and um, any challenges that you may have around this idea that I share with you this week. And before we go any further, I do want to uh, get into a little bit of a disclaimer on the word immunity. Obviously, there is nothing that I can share that would make us completely immune to the germs that we come in contact with, right? But in terms of eating for energy, we are talking about eating natural whole foods in their unprocessed form um, that are really good for us. And so when you're eating these type of foods, you are naturally boosting your immune system, okay? And I will let you know that next week we're going to be talking about supplements. And within that, I do have a couple of suggestions of things that are going to be great to really make sure that you're giving your yourself an immune boost during this time within supplements. Okay. All right. So let's dig in to dinner. Have you ever heard the phrase breakfast like a king, lunch like a prince and supper like a pauper? This is something that my mom always said growing up and I never really understood it. And I didn't ask why I just went with it. Um, but if we think back to that Ayurveda model, right? Once I once I learned more about this and um, and when what parts of the day digestion is at its strongest and all of these different things like in that Ayurveda Ayurvedic model, then I recognized exactly what she was talking about. Although I would say that um, lunch should be the king and breakfast the prince, but all good. So six to ten p.m. is kapha time. And this is when digestion is actually the slowest. Um, this is our time for grounding and resting and processing our day. So naturally, this is when we spend time with the family, we sit in front of the TV and zone out, we read. Um, it's, our, it's our rest, our rest and um, kind of, yeah, just kind of process our day and our experiences, right? It's possible that your 6 to 10 p.m. is not your rest time and that that is a go, go, go time. If you've got, um, if you've got kids at home that you are transporting to different places, again, I always want to invite you to take a look at that in your life and decide whether it serves you, whether it feels good for you. If it's something that feels like, um, like it's putting a lot of tension and stress on your family or on you, then make a conscious 
choice. Make a conscious decision to kind of observe that and think about what you can do about that, what you can, what changes you might want to make. Okay, back to kapha. So kapha is when our digestion is at its slowest. You don't want to pile on a ton of food and, um, you know, fatty foods or any kind of just things that are really hard to digest 30 minutes before you go to bed, right? Why? What happens? I know that you have done this a time or two. I know that I have done this many times. So you know exactly what this feels like, right? If you eat a big heavy meal and then you go to bed 30 minutes or an hour later, it doesn't feel good, right? It causes acid reflux. You feel like icky and uncomfortable in your body. You probably feel pretty sluggish, like you're just, you know, laying there. Um, and what many of us don't know is that what we eat before bed actually plays a huge role in your sleep quality. So when the belly is digest and digested and not full, the body can actually turn its resources to focusing on the rest and reset that is supposed to take place during our sleep stages. I want you to think of your body as a human computer. When you plug that laptop in, it recharges. And, and when you turn it on, right, when you reboot it, all those updates and all those res restore settings, all the updates come through as you reboot it and turn it on and it restores itself for maximum productivity, right? This is the same thing that happens to your body when you sleep. So think of your body as a computer. You cannot afford to mess with your sleep. This is where the recharge and the updates happen so that you can actually restore for maximum productivity in your life. This is where our cellular repair happens. This is um, so much more healing takes place. Don't mess with your sleep. Don't pile on food right before bed or alcohol, right? Alcohol is also doing this as well as probably a number of additional things to your body. Um, but it really keeps, this keeps the body from the restore tasks that it needs during those sleep stages, okay? So the idea is to um, eat a couple of hours before bed. All right, so what to eat and when. This is gonna depend on your family's needs. It depends on your own taste preferences. It depends on when you last ate lunch, right? Did you have lunch at four o'clock, right, your big meal? Um, it depends on how hungry you feel and what is accessible to you at that given moment. Are you running the kids around town at eight o'clock at night? Again, you know, why is this so important to plan ahead and have a meal prep system in place? You don't want to be out and about running everybody everywhere and have to swing by fast food because again, that is not serving you. It's not serving your wallet. It's not serving your waistline and it's certainly not serving your immunity. Okay. Or your energy. So always have something on hand that you can whip up in 10 minutes. Always something in the refrigerator or the pantry that is like your go-to healthy staple that you can always whip up in 10 minutes and have it, have it ready. Okay. This is going to save you. Number two, don't drink your dinner. No matter how appealing that sounds on a bad day, I know I've been there, don't do it. You're just causing your body to be more tired the next day and it's just full of empty calories. Again, not serving you, 
Uh, what do you do? You really want to keep living in that cycle, right? Where you wake up just tired the next day and going through the whole thing, and that's that's that hamster wheel that you just kind of can't get off of. So, I challenge you if that's something that is appealing to you more often than not right now with the enormous amount of stress that we are under, I really encourage you to think twice and try something different. Just for one night, try something different. See how you feel. All right, and I will say, you know, red wine is is totally okay in moderation. Um, I do wanna encourage you to leave it to celebrating rather than using it to numb the experiences of your day. Alcohol is not an effective stress reliever, okay? We'll talk more about that another day. Don't eat fruit at the end of the day, and here's why. So um, I've told you in when we talked about lunch, right, last week, lunch and snacks, when we talked about snacks, fruit is a great as a snack and something on an empty stomach because it actually takes longer to digest, and you don't want that fruit sitting on top of a meal and... Um, basically fermenting in your stomach because it's taking longer. So try not to eat fruit at the end of the day. Now, fruit is going to be a great dessert choice every once in a while, and it won't kill you for that. It's definitely, you know, it's a better option than cheesecake or a pint of ice cream, right? But like I said, it takes longer to digest with other foods in the stomach. So if it's sitting on top of dinner, your whole, your whole dinner could potentially stick around much longer in the stomach and that's going to cause gas and bloating and a lot of discomfort at bedtime. So if you're going to eat it, just make sure it's a couple hours before bed and um, including a digestive enzyme to help in that process and move things along probably would be a great idea too. So that being said, you want to make sure to eat dinner several hours before bedtime in order to fully digest your food before getting into that rest and reset mode. So if you plan to go to bed by 10 o'clock, then you want to have finished your meal at eight. So eating at 7.30, um, getting ready to cook your meal at 6.30, 7 o'clock, that's a, it's a great, right? That's a plan, plan out your, your, your day ahead of time in terms of time increments that you're gonna need, right? So if you wanna go to bed at 10, then you want to have eaten by eight. If you want to go to bed at nine, then you want to have eaten by seven. Okay. Um, leave your starchy foods for lunch. Right? We talked about last week with lunch that that needs to be where we have those starchy carbs that are going to really help us to um, sustain and give us sustainable energy throughout our second half of the day. So we don't need those at dinner, right? Dinner is the time for the salad. Dinner is the time for the smaller meal. Dinner like a popper, right? I'm gonna leave out the baked potato and the rice. Eat your dinner meal without them and instead just try a small serving of protein, like three ounces tops. Little known fact, our body does not need 10 ounces of um, you know animal fat every day. Like three to five ounces is actually enough. One serving or two servings of healthy fats like olive oil or avocado and a dark leafy green or another, a different non-starchy vegetable, something like maybe asparagus. I'm going to tell you a little secret. In my house, my husband would never agree to my no-carb dinner plan, so he always makes them for himself. 
And whenever he does make a sweet potato or brown rice or another carb, he always makes enough for me, but I don't eat it at dinner. I let it cool and I make my lunch the next day with whatever that starchy carb is and leftovers from that meal. So I know that I'm really lucky and, and having a husband that cooks for himself, but I do want to share that to say that it is absolutely possible to coexist with your family members that do not agree with your new dinner models. Okay. And if you really crave something before bed, like sweets or, or if you, you know, you finish dinner at 7.30 or 7 o'clock and, you know, you're craving something before bed, try a caffeine-free tea or a dark chocolate. And you can even do tea and dark chocolate together. Um, but there are actually several great adaptogenic mushroom teas that do not taste anything like mushrooms. They're super comforting and really good and really good for your health, uh, especially your immunity. Dark chocolate in moderation is also a great sweet treat at the end of the day if you are craving that, that sweetness. And I want you to know, I, I said it last week with lunch, and I want you to know it again. My goal is to teach people to live that 80-20 lifestyle. 80% whole foods that are in their natural form, 20% flexibility for life's indulgences. It does not do you any good to deprive yourself something that you love for weeks only to find that you cannot sustain that. And when you eventually fall off that wagon, it's going to come with excess weight and a lower self-esteem, right? Diets don't work. I'm going to say that again. Diets do not work. Eat sustainably. Find something that you like in natural foods. They're good, y'all. They're good. Use herbs. Use healthy fats. Like, ah. It's great. The food is so good. Um, it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be bland and dry, right? If you're if you're thinking that diet food is bland and dry, then you're on you're you're on a diet, right? It's a diet. That's a deprivation, and we aren't doing that. Eighty twenty. Um, so there are so many different varieties to try, and you know, using seasoning and spices can add much more flavor, and oftentimes it can really change your dish, right? So if you've got like the same old vegetable and protein as usual, but you really need a different, you know, you're wanting to change it up, then try some different spices, try some different, uh, different things. You'll, you'll be amazed. The last thing I want to add here is that good food does taste good. You can have it both ways. You can eat for health and longevity and also enjoy your food. The key is, like I said just a minute ago, healthy fats, herbs, and spices. And here's the hard part, completely cutting out sugar. Sugar is a huge addiction that plagues our entire culture. Guys, did you know that in a study with lab rats, it's been proven that sugar was even more addictive than cocaine. Once it is in your system, it is, it is impossible to stop the cravings. It's a, it's a hormone sensor in our brain, right? So it's like a sugar light, right? Uh, we get so used to that craving and that sugar light that we don't even notice when it goes off. And the reach to fill the craving has just become automatic in our lives. 
So I encourage you to kind of be a witness to that this week and kind of look for where, where your cravings are happening, what time in the day, what are you feeling, are you stressed out during that time, you know, like kind of what's going on, just kind of observe the situation and see for yourself and, you know, just be aware of it. The first, the first part of changing it is being empowered enough to be aware of it. So that's what I challenge you to this week. Cutting the sugar addiction is really tough. Some tips here though are to lay off excess sweeteners. They tend to make those cravings worse and to really just power through. Once you make it a week, you have cut that hormone addiction to the brain and generally, and it depends on the person, but generally a week. Um, once you make it two weeks, you're going to feel more energy like you have never felt energy before. And after 21 days, you've broken the physical habits of using sugar in your life and you are addiction free. And then after a month, you're going to start hearing people comment on your weight loss and you're glowing, right? You're going to be glowing. I promise. So I promise that you can feel so much better if you just do this one thing and kick, kick, kick that sugar habit. I have some great, amazing tools on the website to help you do this. Last week, I told you about the meal planner, um, meal planner and some other stuff that's, that's on the membership site at teacher to teacherwellness.com. You can click on become a member. And for the month of September, it is only $7.99 for back to school in this crazy time. I really want to um, see as many of you empowered to be as healthy as you possibly can. So for that reason, I have have made that um, made that joining price an absolute no-brainer. Know that you can cancel at any time, right? It's $7.99. That is less than a commitment to a, a value meal at McDonald's, okay? And you get all of this stuff. So here's what's awesome about right now we're talking about sugar. On the site, there is a member challenge, um, a sugar detox 14-day challenge where it's going to basically give you the accountability and the support that you need um, from a text message if you have the app on your phone. So every day it's going to send you updates and kind of give you a little pep talk and give you an opportunity to stay accountable for those 14 days. So just that alone is worth your $7.99, okay? Um, So go check that out and Again, I do recognize that, you know, quitting sugar is really challenging and um, not something that everybody is ready for. So the first step I is just encouraging you to be more aware of that sugar light, right? Be more aware of when that craving goes off and when we reach for it during the day. How are you feeling and how is it leaving you feeling? Just really think about those things. And also remember that, like I said in episode one with the breakfast episode one of this month, the body treats white rice, white bread, wheat bread, white potatoes, all of these things as sugar. When the body digests and processes those things, it it thinks it's sugar. It acts the same way. So remember that too, you know, apples and oranges and bananas. Um, Yes, you can actually eat fruit on this 14-day challenge, but do so sparingly. And again, just recognize that that is a, also a form of sugar, but it's a natural form of sugar and it's better for us than a processed form. Okay. All right. 
So please make sure that you go check that out, especially if this resonates with you. And that's all I got for us this week, guys. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about supplements, right? Some great supplements for energy and immunity and giving us a, a recap and a rundown of everything that we went over this month. Thanks for joining us today, you guys. Have a great week. Hello guys. I am so glad you're here today and listening to Teacher Talks. I want to share something really special with you. Uh, my vision for Teacher to Teacher Wellness is for this opportunity and this program to grow, for the message to grow. Um, I taught in the public school system for 14 years and know full well about the challenges that teachers face and uh, just how hard the job is. It is my passion to make sure that teachers are being served, that they are being celebrated, that they are being helped every single day. Um, so the vision of this program is to eventually go grow to a non-for-profit program that is an outreach for teachers um, in the teaching community. And eventually, I would love for it to be a place where it is giving back. Um, I would like to offer some scholarships to community programs or to teachers themselves that are working on programs to uplift the teaching community and uphold the goals of physical health and emotional health and financial health um, to really support and be, be the hands in our world and uh, be the hands for our teachers. Because you guys, man, you're so important so important to our world and to our future. And there is no better, no better thing that we could give to than to give to your day in and day out support and help. So if this resonates with you and this is something that you would like to be a part of and you want to be a part of encouraging this message and bringing it to fruition, then I encourage you to visit the podcast support page and um, give your monthly support, whether it's a monthly donation or a one-time donation. We absolutely appreciate it. Uh, if you would like to donate in support of a teacher that you love, we would love to give a shout out to that teacher as well. So head on over to that page and uh, give us some support. At Teacher to Teacher Wellness, we are committed to helping you to reignite the light within. Thank you for joining us today and head on over to that online community at teachertoteacherwellness.com where you will find plenty of resources to help you in your journey and encourage you to reignite the light within. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.